live from my man cave in Chesapeake, Virginia, this is MLS Gone Wild. I'm your host, Blake, here to bring you the latest news, rumors, opinions, analytics, interviews, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 5, Episode 5. This is your host, Blake. On this week's episode of MLS Gone Wild, I'm joined by 2019 NCAA Men's Soccer National Champion, 2022 MLS Next Pro Champ with Columbus Crew 2, and one of the most efficient goal scorers in all of MLS. Olmstead Falls, Ohio native, Columbus Crew's homegrown midfielder, number 25, Sean Zawatsky. Sean, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well, yeah. Good. T-minus one day until you take on the Golden Boot leader and last year's MLS MVP, Hani Mukhtar, in Nashville SC in front of yet another sold-out crowd at Lower.com Field. But before we get into that match preview, your conversion from center mid to center back, and more from your breakout 2023 season, let's get to know you off the pitch with some rapid fire and mailbag questions. You ready? Sounds good. I'm ready. All right. What's your pre-match hype song? All right, this is a tough – honestly, this is a weird thing, but I don't really have a specific song. I'll go on Spotify and put on a random playlist um, and kind of just cycle through that, um, usually switch it up every game. Okay. What was the New York City FC game? Like, what was your playlist then? What was um, your go-to? I don't, I don't remember. It's usually, I just go on Spotify, find a random playlist, um, and then just cycle through those songs. I don't even know what the playlist was called. Do you have a favorite song, like a song you know all the words to, anything like that? The, the song I really grew up enjoying was Grenade by Bruno Mars, and it's kind of the song I uh, had to perform when at Georgetown uh, my freshman year, so it's kind of the song that I always always go with. Okay, that's a good one. I had to think back when you said I'm like, Grenade. Okay, I can hear it. It's playing in my head right now. Uh, what's your best non-soccer-related skill? Ooh, I would say my baseball ability. Okay. You played yeah. baseball growing I up as a baseball kid? baseball growing up, yeah. Um, slept on – didn't enjoy it that much, but uh, it's kind of something – I slept – it was slept on a little bit, my ability. What position did you play? Center field. Yeah. Okay. Track down those those long fly yeah. balls. Yeah. I think the last baseball game I ever played – so I grew up in Ohio as well. Um, it was like Reynoldsburg Youth Baseball, just outside of Columbus, was pitching against my best friend. He was on the other, other team. <laughs> And it was going to be my last game ever. It was like eighth grade rec ball. And I was like, coach, don't take me out. And my buddy pitched the whole game as well. It was like a 32 to 29 game. No, oh. bu- no bullshit. Like we, we refused to come out. We were just throwing <laughs> lollipops to people out there. That's fine. Hey, that's the excitement though. Yeah. Um, so you said baseball, but not golf. Uh, Aiden Morris wants me to ask how close to the green you use your nine iron. I, yeah, this was a hot topic. So we went golfing um, early this week. I think it was Monday. And between 90 to, you know, 160, my nine iron is just lethal. And I think that was just a full display on Monday. And I think it makes him a little mad. But, yeah. Okay. I don't golf very often, but I have no control over my driver. And okay. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I, I will tee off with the nine iron because I have more control with my nine iron than anything else but i don't golf yeah, when, yeah. i like I, I trust my nine iron more than i trust like a pitching wedge and all that stuff so i just stick with what i got but you're not teeing off with the nine no 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 <laughs> all right next one if you could only eat one ice cream flavor for the rest of your life what would it be um gooey butter cake from uh jenny's mm, yeah jenny's is pretty popular in yeah. ohio what was it called again gooey butter cake okay yeah is that what you're doing after this interview 
No, no, no. I might go get some ice cream. Some of the guys, but no, nah, I'm not going to get glue butter cake. Sadly. But. Okay. Okay. I've been a sucker recently for my fiance has been having me go to dairy queen and okay. I've been getting the Oreo Brookie blizzard. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've tried it, but it's pretty good. Uh -uh. No, I growing up, I used to just go with the Oreo blizzard, keep it simple, but that uh, sounds really good. Yeah. It's pretty good. You'll have to try it. All right. This yeah. one's a little bit deeper than ice cream. What makes you happy, Sean? Um, just being around friends and, and, uh, getting to spend time with them, getting to do some, some fun things. Um, whether it's, um, just walking around or playing cards against each other, um, just spending time with, with, with the guys and being able to do whatever. Cool. If you could write your own autobiography, what would you title it and why? The Ohio silent boy. Hmm. Any reason why? I'm well, from Ohio and I'm just very, um, quiet person. Very like until I, until I get really comfortable in, in certain situations, I'm really, a really quiet, quiet person. Okay. But I mean, I, I would consider you a, you a leader. You were a captain for the crew Academy. You were a captain for two years at Georgetown. Not sure if you were a captain with crew two, and now you've got a big role for the Columbus crew. Do you consider yourself a leader in the locker room? Are you quiet? Um, you're obviously comfortable there. Are you a verbal mm -hmm. leader? Um, kind of when it needs, when I need to be, um, I'll kind of just sit back and let um, the more experienced guys uh, take lead in that. Um, but if I ever uh, want to chime in, um, they, they let me, let me say what I, what I need and what I want. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now that we've gotten to know you off the pitch, let's, let's talk ball a little bit, Sean. So after a successful four-year career with the crew Academy, you carried that success over to Georgetown university where you earned a number of personal accolades and won the 2019 NCAA Men's Soccer National Championship. Your decision to take the collegiate path was made before Crew 2 and MLS Next Pro was an option. Looking back, if you were finishing high school now, would you still take the collegiate path or would you join Crew 2? And what advice would you give the players coming through the pipeline facing that decision? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I'm really glad I didn't have to make that decision um, back when I was going to having to make the decision. Um, but I'm, I think I still would have gone the college route, um, at least for a couple of years. I think it really uh, transformed me uh, both as a person and as a soccer player. I'm kind of having to kind of adjust my game to the college level. Um, I think it kind of went in stages academy. And this next step up was, was the college level. And I think there's things in the college game that you don't really necessarily see um, in the MLS Next Pro. Um, so it's really, it's honestly a really hard decision. And it's it kind of, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with how the club kind of sees you and, and what your pathway is. I think that would play a huge role in in um, the future for these for the kids making decisions now. For sure. All right. So in your rookie season, you started four matches, all as a midfielder in five total appearances. So far in your sophomore professional season, you've already equaled your 2022 start total with three of your four starts coming as a converted right center back in Wilfred Nance's three center back system. Sean, when did you learn of Nancy's intent to convert you to a center back? And what was your initial reaction to the positional change? Um, it was in the pre, it was like the day before we played um, either Loudon or Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And we were doing a pass, we were doing passing patterns and everything. And he made a little joke about um, me having to play center back possibly in the game. And I just remember Aiden and I were sitting, we're standing by our, the mannequin we were by and we start laughing and he, and even Wilfred just, he gives a little chuckle too. Um, so it's just kind of, 
in the moment, didn't really think much of it. And then once it kind of happened um, and for the last five, 10 minutes of that Pittsburgh game, when I played little center back too, um, I just kind of realized that it, it was actually a real possibility and that it was, it was going to happen. I mean, what was your initial reaction to that? Did you guys have a more formal conversation just outside of a, a jokingly comment that Nancy made? No, that was kind of the first, first uh, little initial reaction. And then kind of after training, he actually pulled me aside and then talked to me about um, the possibility of it, of it really happening. And you were pretty open to it? Yeah. Yep. Didn't really, didn't really matter as, as long as I could help the team, whether it was playing center mid or uh, as a center back. Okay. So the crew are unbeaten in the three matches you've started as a center back so far this season, and you have fit into that position quite seamlessly, sporting an 88% passing success rate, seven out of eight tackles, one and 24 ball recoveries. Sean, talk to me about what specific strengths you have as a natural midfielder that have translated over to your new role as a right center back. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that really helps uh, being a midfielder is now in the back line, you have more time on the ball. You're not you face you're facing forward. You have kind of have everything in front of you. Um, so it makes that side of things a little bit easier. Um, and with the way uh, Wilford wants to play, he wants you to step onto these these wingers that come inside. So it kind of gives you a little little bit of a midfield um, aspect there, stepping onto guys in front of you. Um, so I feel comfortable in those aspects of the game for sure. Yeah, and you're a pretty good passer of the ball, and Nancy asks a lot of his center backs. Is that one of your strengths, is your vision, your line-breaking passes, that sort of thing, just that in-possession patterns and things like that? Yeah, I think I, I think that's what I would say about my game. Um, I, I like to have the ball on my feet and ma- be able to make these passes, um, these line-breaking passes and uh, long diagonals to hopefully open up the game a little bit more. Yeah, and you're able to step forward with the ball at your feet into that midfield line and then distribute from there when the, when the team is in possession well. And that is what I would consider one of your strengths as well. But what challenges have you faced in adjusting to that new position? I think a little bit more on the defensive side of things when you're actually meant you, when you're asked to be a real center back, um, see when balls get balls are wide and having to deal with crosses and, and kind of making contact with guys to not let them be comfortable in the box and kind of throw them off their rhythm. Um, and then kind of, you know, you're the last line, you're the last line now. So kind of any mistake, it's, it's going to be more crucial. Um, so I think those are the two main things that have kind of um, really, really been difficult for me and kind of had to adjust my mindset a little bit with. Okay. You talk about mistakes. I didn't really have this in the rundown, but I do like to talk about some tape and maybe a recent play that goal that came in second half stoppage time against New York city FC Um, the attacker slipped between you and Mo Farsi, you know, off of a ball that was kind of deflected, went over top. Have you guys went back and looked at the tape of that? What could have gone differently? Could you guys have communicated? Yeah, we definitely have as a team. We've looked at it a lot, um, as a whole group and there's a lot of different, a lot of different things that have kind of gone into, into that goal. Um, and we kind of even broke it down to even before what happened, um, and kind of saw what led to the goal and, and things that we could have prevented from that even happening. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, it was a little, it was completely unexpected. And I think Mo and I just really weren't expecting it to happen. And I think, um, we definitely have to be more, I mean, tuned on more often, um, and ready for anything and know that anything's possible. So I think, yeah, I think the communication could have been a little bit better between us, between us both. And even, um, even with Steven in that, in that moment too, just all three of us being more connected and, and solidified back then. Speaking of Steven, the current back line is made up of a number of converted center backs, yourself from center mid to center back, Steven Marrera from right back to center back, Amundsen, the guy that we just brought in from New York City FC, from left back to left center back. How have you guys helped one another grow into your new roles? 
I think it's just communicating with each other off the field um, and kind of in training and kind of helping each other when we can. Um, once, you know, we do something in training and we realize that it might not be the right thing. Uh, we, we always talk through it. Um, we'll, we'll talk, we'll do a lot of video with the coaching staff and kind of um, areas where they see, they know we're not true center back. So they're helping us a lot in that aspect too. Um, and kind of walking us through different scenarios and putting us in different game scenarios, even in training. Um, and then kind of, and then even getting, um, you know, advice from, from guys who are currently out um, like Josh and Milos and, and kind of letting them give us advice and, and see what they're seeing from off the field as well. Yeah. So now that you have a taste of center back, you've also had quite a bit of experience as center mid. Where do you see yourself going forward with the Columbus group? I, I mean, I honestly, I, I would feel comfortable in either spot, whether, you know, whatever the coach have, um, have in store for me, I'm willing to do um, whatever it takes. So we've talked a lot about your defending. Now let's talk about Sean Zawatsky, the goal scorer, right? <laughs> Two goals on three shots so far this season makes you one of the most efficient goal scorers in all of MLS. Both of your goals this season have come off of headers. As a guy that stands just five foot nine inches, how are you able to get on the end of those crosses amongst guys that are much bigger than you? Um, it's actually funny. So we do in, in, in the in the weight room before every couple of days of training, you will do like a jump test or whatever. And the guys will always give me a hard time that I always can find of kind of float a little bit. So use that to my advantage and kind of in games, try and maneuver my way, try and find a good location of where I think the ball might go um, and kind of, um, you know, even push off a little bit, uh, use the shoulder of the guy uh, that's defending me and kind of allow myself to get even higher. Um, and then hopefully just am able to make contact with it and put it on goal. Yeah, you made some pretty good contact on the game time goal against the New England New England Revolution and second half stoppage time there. And you made a run from a little bit deeper and just identified some space. Can you walk me through that play? Yeah, um, definitely a weird situation. Um, when I was getting something in that game, uh, Wilfred told me just to be there and to uh, move the ball side to side. Um, and I, re I remember realizing that there was, you know, it was maybe the last kick of the game um, and the ball went out wide to Lucas. And I was you know, there's no point in having went back to the last minute of the game. So I just went forward a little bit and was lucky enough to find a little, little gap of space. And to be honest, I don't know how I put that much, uh, even power and placement on, on the header, but yeah. Yeah. Very impressive header, super important goal for the Columbus crew early in the season. But speaking of your goal scoring efficiency, do you joke with the other attacking players about that efficiency that you have? Um, no, not, no, I don't usually give them a hard time or anything like that. Um, Maybe with certain guys like Jason, I'll give a hard time. Um, but no, nah, I don't, I'll just keep my mouth quiet because I know that uh, what they're capable of and definitely prolific guys themselves. So, I mean, was that stat in the back of your head? I think you, so you have one shot on target that hasn't gone in the back of the net. I think that mm -hmm. was in Charlotte when you didn't score that one, what was your thought or did you have a thought? Is it just a thing? No, I rem so um, some friends and some old coaches were, were always reminding me of uh, that the stat of the perfect hundred, hundred percent, um shots to goals and uh immediately after the game i had a text from one of my old coaches and said you you, you finally missed one huh um so you know something uh, i was joking a little bit around with with them about um but honestly i'm kind of glad it's over so now i can just kind of you know have a little free reign when and i'm not so hesitant with certain moments but yeah the bar isn't set super high now you don't have to yeah. hit 100 percent. yeah but you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take that's true. And I, and I think that's going to be the title of this episode when I publish it. Okay. Speaking of goal scoring records, Hani Mukhtar and Nashville SC will be in town this weekend. You guys have had a week now to prepare for this one. 
What's been the focus in training this week and how do you prepare for defending a guy like Hani Mukhtar? Um, a lot of it's just kind of been centered around, um, you know, defensive transition. Um, you know, we, when we went to Nashville, we saw how dangerous they are in, uh, in the counter, especially late in the game. And uh, so once we, once we get forward in the attack, you know, always having our shape and, and having guys surrounding their front runners, especially Hani Mukhtar, um, knowing how dangerous he is on the counter. Um, so just kind of really focus on that positioning to, to prevent the, how dangerous they are on the counter. I believe they call that rest defense. Yes. Yes. Does, uh, does Wilford throw that around a lot? Um, every once in a while. Yeah. He'll throw it around. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's Nashville's bread and butter. I mean, Hani Mukhtar is a, a killer in transition. So you guys are going to have a lot to deal with and he's been mm-hmm. on a roll 13 goals so far this season, but with Aiden Morris away with the U S men's national team, has there been any word on you moving back into your natural midfield position to play alongside Darlington or will we see you featuring at the right center back from the start for the fourth straight match? It's honestly something I'm not even too sure on myself. Um, it's something they've kind of, you know, tossed around a little bit. Um, but I think it's something that they've kind of we've worked in different formations and kind of this week um, in particular about it. Um, so it'll kind of just be a big, um, I think, a big point tomorrow on Friday to, to see what really um, what the real plan is. Is that what the day before training usually consists of more game plan type stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Usually towards the end, we'll, we'll kind of uh, do a little game plan, um, how we want to defend certain like goal kicks um, when they're when they're building low, um, things of that nature situational stuff cool yeah. all right well you guys are a little bit more than halfway through the season do you have any personal goals and what are the goals for the team um as a, as a team you know we want to we want to make playoffs it's it's been a r- rough couple years now um not, not being in playoffs and you know it's a big a lot of guys on the team we want to win and i think that was evident when we went through a little tough stretch earlier this year um that guys we want results and and we know um how many we know what kind of how many points it's going to take to get there. And, you know, um, so we have that in the back of our mind, but we're always striving to, you know, over, overachieve in that aspect and, and to make playoffs. Any personal goals for yourself? Um, just to continue to learn um, day in and day out, whether it's as a center mid or center back, um, take every, all the information I can from the guys around me. Um, the same thing as, as whether I'm playing center mid or center back and kind of use that to, to better improve myself um, uh, day in and day out. Okay. Any closing thoughts for Columbus crew fans before we wrap this interview up? Um, appreciate all the support you guys have given us all year. Um, incredible. These, these sellouts are amazing. You guys give us a huge, huge boost of energy. Um, and you know, we keep looking forward to, to playing at home because you guys, you guys, uh, give us what we need. So thank you guys for that. All right, Sean. Well, thank you for hopping on to MLS gone wild, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Listeners, thanks for tuning into episode 99 of MLS Gone Wild featuring crew homegrown Sean Zawadzki. Be sure to tune in to MLS Season Pass on Apple TV this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as the Columbus crew take on the other yellow soccer team, Nashville SC, and enjoy the rest of the weekend's slate of games. From Sean Zawadzki and myself, peace.